On this episode of the 132 Breeze podcast, football is already back as we break down the new American Alliance football games that happened over the weekend, as well as the Badgers games against Minnesota and Michigan. Also, we got America's favorite segment, Casey's Corner Kick, little XFL news, NBA trade deadline, and much, much more. All right, let's start the show. We're back with another episode of the 132 Please podcast. As Marlo, as always, this is Marlo, joined by Casey. And Casey, we're at kind of a milestone here, episode 50. Yeah, it is. Uh, as Casey, I would have to say that it is uh, halfway to 100 episodes. That's right. Uh, it's weird because I feel like the bigger milestone will be uh, 52, which <laughs> means we made it uh, a full year. Um, although it doesn't mean a full year because we threw a couple one-offs in there, so not quite not quite a full year. I think our first episode was right around um, conference tournament time, right? Conference so, tournament time, yep. All right, getting distracted with milestones here. Uh, so we'll have <laughs> we've been through so much. So we should, I guess. That said, let's celebrate episode fifty because episode fifty-two is relatively meaningless because it doesn't mean a year. Um, so. Congratulations, Marlo, on episode 50. Uh, I can't believe that we have done this many. It's been a lot of fun, and I hope that there are still people out there listening to it. Yes. When we'll, have a, we'll, just have, we'll have a gold plaque to commemorate this <laughs> episode 50. And thanks for coming along for the ride. We'll make ourselves a gold plaque. <laughs> Probably of uh, not real gold. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I'd... a plate. It's a plate with glue and gold sprinkles. Yeah. We'll we'll cut out letters like a ransom note or something like. <laughs> <laughs> Congratulations on episode fifty, and then you can like take a picture of it and send it to me on on our phones. Uh, yeah, the podcast night not quite rolling in enough to get uh, gold plaques, <laughs> but maybe uh, maybe sometime soon. Who knows? Uh, yeah, how's it going, Marlo? You sound a little rough. Sound a little rough. Yeah, I'm 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 trying here. <laughs> Somehow lost my voice the other yep. or on Saturday. Um, okay. I've been drinking gallons of tea and honey and lemon to okay. get it back to be here for you and the people. Uh, so I know I don't have my usual silky smooth voice that oh, you're yeah. used to. But and, and it's not for when you don't have it. It's not for the normal reasons <laughs> that you don't have it. A sporting event or uh, yeah. other other festivities. Um, but yeah, tea, uh, honey, lemon. When I Google sore throat, that's what pops up for me. So uh, that sounds legit. Checks out. Check it. <laughs> How about you, Casey? Oh, doing good. Had a, a pretty a pretty low key uh, good weekend here. Um, you know, got uh, pulled away from the TV a little bit more uh, than maybe I would have liked. But you know, sometimes sometimes it happens. But I am doing well. I'm excited to talk through uh this week in sports as it was actually uh it's funny you know sometimes we sit here and i we do our kind of pre uh pre-show rundown yeah and i i sat here and i wrote down badgers and aaf and then like (laughs) stared at it for a while (laughs) and i was like what the heck else happened yeah Uh, and then as we hashed through this and figured it out apparently a lot did (laughs) yeah a lot happened i think it's that that first week of of non-nfl football 
I mean, we yeah. have football now, but the NFL's over, and you're like, well, what else is really going on? Like, <laughs> yeah. we got up this Sunday. There was nothing to really look forward to. Like, what now? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's uh, yeah, we're here to we're here to bring to bring it through it. So, let's get it started with the Badgers. Uh, good week. Well, a so-so week of basketball. Yeah. Started off on the right week against right foot against Minnesota at yep. home or at Minnesota, excuse me. Yeah, it was the grudge match. We're trying. We avenged, I guess, our loss to Minnesota uh, at the Kohl Center, winning fifty-six to fifty-one. Well, I'm calling this a despite win. A despite win. Yeah, we won this game despite shooting thirty-five percent from the field. 27% from three, mm-hmm. 67. Actually, that's probably pretty good for the Badgers from mm-hmm. free throw. Uh, we won despite that. We won despite Brevin Pritzel being the only player to score from our bench. We won despite being out-rebounded and giving up 15 <laughs> offensive rebounds. Despite that and being on the road mm-hmm. in the barn, we won 56-51 against Minnesota. Uh, granted, a game we should win, but that's I'm, I'm, I'm feeling that it's a despite win. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Despite win, it's also known as a gritty win, as yeah. some may say. Uh, but no, I definitely, I definitely get where you're coming from. I think you know Minnesota, they have um, some big athletic bigs. Yep. That that kind of help neutralize Hap, which, as we all know, is the go-to man for this team. Um, so so that kind of, I would say. Little in and out of the flow uh, for Ethan Hap to you know kind of I mean, had to work harder, work harder than, yeah. than normal, uh, you know, due to those those bigs on the Minnesota side. Um, but yes, I agree. They wasn't their typical typical way of winning, and they were still able to to find a way of, to win on the road. And you know, you got to take a conference win on the road, no matter how you get it. Yeah, I think you point out the the athletic bigs from uh, Minnesota, and I think that's why this was. Even though you know you kind of look at it and go, Wisconsin's a better team. I think it's a tough matchup because of Murphy and Uturu, um, those two guys going against Ethan Happ and essentially a way out uh, athletic uh, <laughs> Nate Reavers. I mean, yeah. he just he just wasn't up to it uh, in the in this game or against Minnesota in both games. Um, so I think that it's a real kind of a matchup problem, uh, a matchup kind of a challenge uh, for the team and, and they came through that uh, one of the interesting uh, changes that occurred between the loss in Minnesota and the win uh, here this week was um, Iverson guard guarding coffee um, in the game in Wisconsin uh, coffee went off I think he scored 21 points in this game uh, Iverson pretty much shadowed him the whole game held him to eight points that was a big part of the win um, yes. there and then another big part of the win uh when it was close, coming down the stretch was uh, Demetri Trice once again hitting. It seems like from the same spot that kind of. Uh, I don't. How would you describe that spot on the floor? Yeah, Marlo? it's just to, just to the right of the top of the key. Yeah, to the right of the key, to the right of the key, almost almost an extended elbow. But he's always like three feet behind the line. Yep, that was and that's his spot. He had another one, and I didn't realize until the uh, Wisconsin Badgers basketball tweeted out that his name literally has ice in it. <laughs> So I felt uh, pretty foolish that I didn't notice that on my own, but it yeah. seemed apt, at least in this game. Yeah. And he did it again. I think there was a minute 45-ish left in the game when he hit a three and kind of pushed the Badgers ahead. It felt like a very big uh, three-pointer while it didn't necessarily ice the game. Um, yeah. It but was, it, it, was a big, it was a big statement shot. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Uh, speaking of statement statements, Marlo, did you see Hap's exit yes. from the barn? It was it was <laughs> that was the cockiest I've ever seen an Ethan Hap uh you know, do anything actually. Yeah. Uh, you know, blowing kisses to the the student section of the crowd as he left for the final time of the barn was yeah. it was fantastic. It was a it was a great Twitter moment. Yeah, oh for sure. Yep. Uh blowing kisses and waving to the Minnesota fans. Afterwards he was interviewed, he said, I've never lost here. They make me feel at home. <laughs> uh it's just great. I, I think um, you know, we talk about uh, the Minnesota Wisconsin rivalry, and I feel like sometimes in basketball, uh, at least for me, that's lost a little bit. Um, it feels very much there for football, even though it's been, you know, until this year, one sided. I'm sorry to bring that up, Marlo. Yeah. Um, yeah. But like that's still like kind of ingrained in me, but the basketball rivalry isn't as ingrained in me. And this kind of uh, showed that it is more for the players. Like this is yeah. still a legit rivalry. Well, yeah, and I de- especially for, you know, this team with, you know, like Brad Davison being, you know, one of our one of our key players and obviously coming from that area when he goes to that, I'm sure, you know, it's obviously more hostile than than not. And uh, other Minnesota players in the past that we've kind of taken away, it, it helps out with that rivalry. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, a couple other. I remember John Luer being from Minnesota. There's a lot that we yeah. got from that kind of Minneapolis-St. Paul area that yep. really helped our program over the years as Minnesota has struggled. Uh, all right, so the win midweek against Minnesota, Marlo followed up by a, should we say, tough loss? I think, yeah, it was a tough loss. It was a good good game. Yeah. Pretty much all around. Well, you know, except for the end. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, I – Hostile environment. Obviously, Michigan is a good team. You know, we beat it. We gave them their first loss of the season at, on our court. Yeah. Um, I thought this was a game that you know we needed to I don't know, necessarily win, but show that we could you know hang with the, the caliber of team. I know that before this game, CBS came out with the or the committee, I should say, came out with their yeah what their rankings are now, having Wisconsin at the the number sixteen, so the last four seed. Um, I forget where Michigan was at. I think they were down in eight or something. Five. Uh, but but either or, there's obviously a quality quality opponent, and it just needed to show that this is this is the team that we can hang with. And you know, for the most part, they did. Even with uh, Hap getting into some foul trouble, having to spend mm-hmm. extended time on the bench, um, that yeah, was very playing, good to see. That only we playing twenty six minutes. Yeah, twenty six minutes total um, to be able to you know stay within striking distance that whole game with with him. Uh, out of the lineup was very encouraging. Yeah. Um, I feel like we, the score ended up being 61-52. I felt like it was closer. I felt it like was. we were there in the game, um, but obviously it kind of fell off in the end, and that, I guess that's what I want to focus on next yep. is uh, that, that closing four minutes. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin essentially not scored. I think we got a late two-pointer, but essentially in the last four minutes, Wisconsin was over while uh, Charles Matthews took over. And uh, I guess that was the difference. If, it, if we had to boil yeah. down the two games between Wisconsin, the first and second matchup between Wisconsin and Michigan, I think it was Charles Matthews' performance. In the first game, he was more or less non-existent. And in this game, he was more or less non-existent for the first, I'd say, three quarters of the game. But when it came down to it, uh, he pulled through and he made uh, the important shots. And that didn't happen 
in Wisconsin, and it happened here today. Yeah. Well, not today, but yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. And then on the Wisconsin side, uh, we just, I mean, let alone missing shots, we just missed too many layups. Easy shots that should have been baskets, especially mm-hmm. down that uh, four-minute stretch there. It seemed like we kept doing the same play, give it to Hap on the wing, have him dribble in, which is successful most of the time, I get it, but it just seemed like we needed to move around, get a, get at least a threat of an outside shot mm-hmm. uh, before we did the whole Ethan Hap show. Yeah, I, yeah, outside, it struggled a little bit from three, shooting 33%. We weren't getting yep. that uh, three-point game, and it seemed like Teske, for whatever reason, um, really bothers Ethan Hap kind of yeah. more so than usual. Uh, I don't really have a, a reason for that, but that's that's the way that it seems. Uh, Marlo, I would like to introduce a new segment. It's not really a new segment. Okay. It's kind of been a revolving segment. Um, we're actually going to put a name to it. Yeah, we're going to put a name to it, and this yep. is going to be uh, Casey's Homer Take All right. of the week. Casey's um, Homer Take of the week. I have like two parts to it, but the first one is, is Ethan Happ the only hooker and holder in college basketball? Uh, I believe so, but it is a point of emphasis. So <laughs> point of emphasis. I've they're... seen him called for it at least twice, maybe three times. Right. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody else called for it in college basketball. I watch a lot of college basketball, uh, and maybe I again, it's just a homer thing, and I'm just seeing my guy getting called for it, and I don't pay attention when it happens to other people. But God, it's so frustrating when it's called on him, and I see people do similar things and don't get called for it. Um, drives me nuts. Drives me nuts. That's my Homer take. All right. I'll take it up with the commish. All right. Thanks. Uh, aside from that, for a minute in the first half when we had mm-hmm. a lead, for a mm-hmm. minute, I talked myself into Wisconsin being Big Ten champion competitors. <laughs> Not that we'd win it, but that like it was a legit thought. It was it was But then... Uh, Obviously, that didn't that didn't pull through, and now it would be a, a very uphill battle uh, to get there. But for that minute in the first half, we were up like thirteen to five or something. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, it was a good run. Yeah, but I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> like we scored thirteen points already in this game. Maybe we, <laughs> yeah, could, we could pull this the off. whole half for some games. Yeah. Um, all right. So at the end of this game. Um, I, a quote I wanted to bring up, uh, John Beeline was being interviewed uh, after the game, and he said, this is his quote, quote, Ethan Happ said to me after the game, I hope to see you again this season. Uh, mm-hmm. Beeline said, no, Ethan, I don't want to see you again the rest of my life. <laughs> <laughs> it's fantastic. Uh, Ethan's on a heater. He's on a heater. All right. Uh, other thing I want to bring up after this game, I guess this was after the Minnesota game, mm-hmm. uh, but... Uh, Greg Gard Marlowe, we always talk about, is he a good coach? Is he not a good coach? Uh, mm-hmm. He is the he won his 40th Big Ten victory against Minnesota, so he's still sitting at 40, in just 66 games uh, at the helm of Wisconsin. Uh, he is the third fastest, fastest active Big Ten coach God to reach 40 conference wins. All right. So the first time I read this, I didn't read active. So maybe that's... Yeah. <laughs> Not, not as impressive. Not as, not, impressive. As, not as impressive as I first uh, first thought. But nonetheless, mm-hmm. there are some pretty good active Big Ten coaches. Yeah, presumably uh, he yeah. is the third fastest behind Tom Izzo. So mm. of course, that's one of the ones I would have guessed. And yep. Mark Turgeon, who 
going into this season was on the hot seat himself. So maybe this isn't as strong a point in the Greg Gard is a good coach as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, sometimes the stats don't tell the whole story, right? Uh, I, you know, I believe it, it comes with, it comes with, he's done relatively. I mean, I guess last season was an outlier and that's what I'm hoping. Right. Yeah. Last season was the outlier as far as, you know, Big Ten wins, wins overall, actually, um, in, in doing well. So does it impress me? Mm, not re- not that really because of the yeah. whole active asterisk that you point out. Um, yeah. But, I mean, it's, yeah. I mean, let's, let's I, here, just, here's I, what I say. Here's at this moment, right? Yeah. I think we can all this say that we I are. haven't been the biggest backer of guard. I will say he's an okay coach. <laughs> great. Not a bad, not a bad coach. Not Fantastic. a great coach. He's an okay coach. All right. Write it down, folks. He's yeah, okay, okay coach. coach. <laughs> I'm trying to think through it like active coaches because obviously Ohio State's coach is new. Indiana's coach is new. They wouldn't have that. Uh, Northwestern, Illinois. Yeah. I guess Illinois is new, Northwestern, so what? Mm-hmm. So you have what? Like He has more. He's got it faster than Fran McCaffrey. Yeah. And Beeline. Pat- Beeline's a good Patino. coach, but Patino. So you got it faster than Patino. Great. Mm-hmm. Uh, whoever the heck coaches Penn State, congratulations. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe yeah. it's not. Uh, maybe it's not as good as I thought. I, I didn't read active when I when yeah. I got that. Uh, yeah. Although that makes sense. Uh, all right, great card. Okay, coach. Maybe good. Maybe he's not. We'll keep thinking mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> all right, Marlon. Next week, uh, Wisconsin plays. Uh, or excuse me, hosts Michigan State. Gotta uh, win on, it on Tuesday. Marlon has it as a gotta win gotta game. Gotta win it. So State, gotta go win. No, I was saying if they didn't, since they didn't pull off the Michigan one, yeah. I feel like this is the must win. Yeah, you said uh, last week that they got, had to go two and one, and I mm-hmm. said they had to go one one and two. So I feel like winning at Michigan State for what I expect of this team is house money. Um, but now that we're here <laughs> and we are one and one, I feel it's more closer to a, a gotta win it. Um, Michigan State has struggled lately, so I, I guess you can take it one of two ways. And Marlo, I'd be interested to see how you're going to take it. One, uh, they're <laughs> a good team, and we missed their skid. We missed where they struggled, and they Ooh. won uh, their most recent game uh, against. I don't, uh, I don't remember who it was. It doesn't matter. Uh, they won their most recent most recent game after losing three in a row, and um, now are are visiting the Kohl Center or. Did those three losses show that they are a vulnerable team and Wisconsin can win? Marla, which of those two do you think is right? Ooh, okay. I think it showed they're a vulnerable team. They lose to, you know, at Illinois. They get a couple of days off and, you know, uh, Izzo kicks their ass and they go and beat, you know, Minnesota by a billion. But I think that was yeah. like a, it's a one-off thing just after it was, that was an Izzo, you know, get in your head game. Yeah. And, the you know, kind of the playbook's out there. This te- the Michigan State team doesn't have, you know, they're still a good team, but they don't have, like, the NBAers that they usually do right? Uh, on, on those good teams. So that's they're not going to just be uh, better player for player. Uh, they're still a good team, don't get me wrong, but I think that's the difference between, like, uh, this Izzo team and some of the other ones. Yeah. I, I guess I'm, maybe I want to 
feel that mm-hmm. way. Maybe I want to say, hey, we have you know, a chance. And as these games get closer, I tend to talk myself into Wisconsin having a chance. Other losses were at Purdue against Indiana, where they shot like five for 20 from the free throw line or something insane. And then they followed that up with a loss at Illinois before winning against Minnesota at home, as you mentioned. Um, if those are some losing to Purdue, look, Purdue's a good team. I'm not going to fault them for that. That Indiana loss is pretty bad, and then losing on the road to Illinois is pretty bad. And mm. you're right on as far as the talent. Uh, Cassius Winston is a fantastic college player, um, and he might come back and bite us by going like six for seven from three with his like terrible looking shot. Yeah, uh, where he, he shoots it from essentially his shoulder. Uh, um, and Nick Ward might just dominate in the paint. Uh, that's possible. Those are good college players, but to your point, they don't have that NBA talent uh, on the, on their team. They still have, you know, trotting out more or less the same team last year without, um, you know, Justin. Uh, uh, who's their uh, Jared Jackson um, and and um, uh, Marlon Blanken on the the whatever the two guys who were drafted in the, <laughs> last year. It'll come to me uh, without them. So I I think they're. They are susceptible. I still think it would be a stretch to say we should win the game, but I think it's winnable. Yeah, definitely a winnable game. Um, yeah, I think it's a must win, so they have to win. There's no doubt about it. All right, have to win. So mm-hmm. uh, looking ahead, Marlo, uh, we are – the Badgers are 9-5 and five in the Big Ten uh, – 9-4, and four, excuse me, in the Big Ten. They are currently tied for fourth with Maryland – um, and as you mentioned earlier in bracketology, they were at a four seed before the loss to Michigan. So I don't know how much that loss hurts them. Um, maybe they dropped to a five uh, as they were the last four seed. But in in that range in bracketology, wouldn't you say? Yeah, yeah definitely a four, uh, four seed range. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to your point, you, we wouldn't think a whole, uh, away loss to Michigan that was fairly close would kind of move the needle all that much but you never mm-hmm. know uh but that that force it, it seems to be seems to be within reach down the stretch yeah. here and if we look ahead uh which i may have a uh, pretty light schedule once we get past past michigan state yeah um so i guess let's well we can talk about that next week perhaps i don't want to nope. get too far ahead uh with six games after the michigan state game um so Let's not do that. All right. Okay. Any other college basketball you want to talk about, Marlon, before we move on to yeah, the big I just, Yeah, I was just going to zoom out a little bit. And just I was watching the Duke-Virginia game last night. And uh, I just kept asking myself, like, does this season matter for anybody else? Because Duke is pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost that, that Alabama good that we had in football where, well, you know what? It didn't matter because Clemson won. So anyways... Duke really good, really good at basketball. Yep. The book on them was that great inside, not not that great shooting outside. Virginia Virginia comes in, great defensive team has the plan. Now, okay, we'll make them shoot from outside. What does Duke do? They come in and shoot sixty one percent from three. That's brutal. It was so brutal. It was so brutal to watch. Uh, just because Virginia was playing great D, they were just hitting every shot. And Zion Zion Williams was just doing his thing, uh, kind of wherever he goes, and it was just just really Duke is just really good. So does it really matter? Duke's going to win it all. <laughs> well, 
perhaps. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a weird game. As you said, Virginia came in with their uh, a defensive game plan. They packed the paint and said, shoot over us. Duke said, no problem. Uh, we can do no that. Um, RJ Barrett came out, and I think he hit his first five three-pointers, which was just ridiculous. Um, and as you mentioned, as a team, they shot uh, 62%. Before this game, their season average was 31%. So either they just weren't really trying to shoot well before or this game is an anomaly. Uh, I'm hoping that this game is an anomaly. But that said, um, God, Virginia is the team. If I had to pick a team to beat Duke, I would pick Virginia. And now Duke has beaten yeah. them twice. Um, yeah. In both games, I can sit here and come up with excuses and say, hey, look, they shot good in this game. And they also shot good against in the other game against Virginia. And... Uh, both Virginia, uh, I guess you want to call them stars, um, Kyle Guy and Ty Jerome shot poorly in both games. Um, but now I, you can say that in one game, I guess, in a two-game sample size might be too much uh, to say that. I just keep, in the end, we might just go, yeah, we should have seen this all along. Duke is too good. I mean, did you see the yeah. highlight of, I think it was Cam Reddish. I don't remember exactly. But he's blocking the guy shooting a three pointer in the corner, and he jumps. He, uh, it was insane. Yeah, he jumps. No, I want to feel like ten feet. That was Zion. Yeah, where he like came across from the other side, like from the lane. Yeah, and yeah, that was Zion. Yeah, it was I totally. That was it was unreal. It's unreal. Um, I just keep hoping, <laughs> and may, maybe they'll catch a team in the tournament where they don't shoot well and say, mm. but. Now I'm just hoping. I think Duke might be that good, and I hate saying that. Uh, it hurts hurts we'll the soul. We'll see. Again, I just if they split against Virginia, I'm like, okay, maybe there's a chance. But beating Virginia twice, yeah. man. And they play they play tough D for being such a young team. They play really good defense, um, like team defense, and they have yeah. they play both good team defense and have individual athleticism. Uh, there are a couple back screens that uh, Zion Williamson disrupted just because he's so quick and he just was able to turn fast enough and get a hand on the ball where you know a, a, I don't want to say a normal player or a lesser player whatever but like most players wouldn't be able to react like that and it was, it yeah. was very impressive uh, this makes me sick all this <laughs> I'm craziness glad you, of Duke. I'm glad you, you you pointed out that that steal on the back screen I don't know what this just popped in my head but you're probably a big Jay Billis guy aren't you yeah yeah, overall, <laughs> sure. I, I I'd see that in you. Anyways, way off script. He's, um, he's uh, I don't like I don't like when he does Duke games because uh, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. he probably he probably is the same as in any mm -hmm. other game, but like I perceive him as being too pro Duke. Um, right, I can see that. Just like when Aikman does Cowboy games, he's probably the same, but I perceive <laughs> him being too pro Cowboy. Right. And right. I, in all honesty, Aikman's probably more. Critical of the Cowboys, yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I can't. I can't. But I can't see that because I'm like I have my bias <laughs> that as I'm watching it, I have my Homer take. Uh, all right, what else? Anything yeah. else on? Uh, so Duke, yeah, so at the uh, at the Duke game, which was at Virginia, yeah. Um, LeBron, LeBron showed up. No, oh, does hmm. he go to many Virginia games? Uh, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you know, I mean, I guess if he would have went, no, because if he wouldn't went to college, he went to Ohio State. So. He was just taken in the game with his boy Rondo, I guess their yeah, best friend. Yeah, that was friends. 
<laughs> so random. So weird. It's weird. Sitting next to each other, uh, courtside. And then at one point, uh, LeBron was sitting in the second or third row, and Rondo was courtside. That was odd. Don't know what that was about. Don't know if they got in a tiff or, you know, Rondo wasn't sharing his popcorn or what was going on there. Um, but reading between those lines, just kind of staying woke a little bit. Uh, LeBron is already poaching Zion. And Zion <laughs> already, somehow already is going to be... Already tampering. Somehow Zion's going to be on the Lakers next year. Oh, my God. I'm pretty sure there's no way that can happen, but we'll see. <laughs> I'm um, telling you. I'm telling you. Yeah, so I saw LeBron there, and I thought, of course, because he's a Duke fan, because he's a front runner, and he roots for every front running team. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I find that so frustrating, but I do. We um, start with Rondo, and as somebody who, I mean, watched those Celtics Cavs series. I mean, they hated each other. I mean, the fact that they're like friends and going to college basketball games together is so weird to me. Uh, <laughs> again, this is just being a fan as opposed to being, you know, somebody who actually does something. Um, yeah. The fact, like, as a fan, I could never get over this. But you're on the same team, and I, I, I guess that changes everything. So, uh, just like if you know LeBron came to my to to Milwaukee, I'd be like, all right, forget everything I said about LeBron. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on board so I guess it's the same but it was just weird seeing those two guys chumming it up alright All right. Enough, 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 enough Duke talk enough Duke talk enough LeBron talk um, LeBron getting Zion NBA should we yeah. talk trade deadline alright trade deadline happened it was uh, it came and it went I felt like it was more active than normal yeah, there was a lot of activity. The, I mean, you know what? The, 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 I hate the years that it's always, there's a lot of talk, yeah. and then there's nothing. This year, there was a little, I mean, there was a big name out there, but there yeah. wasn't a ton of talk, and there was a lot of moving. Yeah, yeah, there was. It, it, it seemed like a lot of people thought this was our chance to to make a move. And I, I read something that said that uh, with shorter contracts, because uh, mm-hmm. it seems like, I don't know if it's in the bargaining agreement or if that's just kind of the way things are going, that there are shorter contracts so that lends to there being more expiring contracts and more uh, available free agents so people will want to deal more. So we'll see if this is kind of the start of a pattern. Um, but it did seem like there was a lot more. Uh, but I guess before we talk about what happened, let's talk about what didn't happen. That was yep. the Anthony Davis drama. Um, where do you want? I guess where do you want to start with that, Marlo? He didn't get traded. He didn't, yeah. Spoiler alert, he didn't get traded. Demanded a trade. Yeah. Demanded a trade, didn't play, told the teams he was going to go to. He was going to go to the Bucks. clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, him and his dad were pulling some strings. <laughs> yeah, his dad coming out, pulling a LeVar ball, as I'll call it, and basically calling out the Boston Celtics organization for their treatment of uh, Isaiah Thomas, <laughs> saying that they're not loyal while his son is demanding a trade from his team, so pot and kettle yeah yeah exactly so yeah i guess the the laker uh, lakers trade talks died out when they weren't able to give away his whole bench uh yeah. or give away the, the whole team minus lebron and um yeah so ad is a pelican and all of a sudden he's healthy now and he can play yeah weird uh, yeah, the said, <laughs> uh yeah you're playing the rest of the year uh, <laughs> uh yeah it was so I think the the Lakers made an offer. The Pelicans said no, and then the Lakers made a 
presumably, I guess I didn't see the exact details, but a better offer. And the Pelicans still said no, which caused some questions of if the Pelicans were operating in bad faith. I don't know if you saw this, Marlon. There was yeah. a, some backlash against the Pelicans, which, frankly, I don't understand. Um, they have a guy on contract for a year and a half, and the Lakers offered literally everything. And if literally everything isn't good enough for you, that's fine. Like, they don't have to trade him. Why is everybody acting like they have to trade him? Yeah. Yeah. And when, go ahead. If you're the Pelicans, yeah, why would, like, there, yeah, you'd have to get X so much. And the, you asked a good question, like, why, just because he demands a trade. I feel like that's what happens today. People are like, he demands a trade. Why wouldn't you trade him? He doesn't want to be there. It's like, well, because he's one of the best players in the league. How about that? Yeah. I'm not trading him. Yeah. And it, and more, a commentary I heard that, that I, I agree with. So uh, I forget where I heard this. So apologies if you're listening and I stole this thought from you. Um, Don't the, say it. Just use it as your own. All right. Uh, so <laughs> in trades like this, throwing in like extra picks or extra you know, another third or fourth guy in the trade doesn't matter if the top guy, the best guy, if the best guy in this trade is Brandon Ingram and the Mm -hmm. best guy you're getting back from Anthony Davis is Brandon Ingram. If you throw in another pick or you throw in another bench guy, that doesn't matter in the NBA. Your best guy you're getting back from Anthony Davis is Brandon Ingram. It was Brandon Ingram and Kyle Kuzma it doesn't like the best guy needs to be better in these trades. It's not a quantity thing, or it's not. Yeah, it's not a quantity thing in the NBA. Like it might be in leagues like uh, baseball, where there's more players on a roster, or the NFL, where there's a lot more players on the roster. That might be yeah. an argument, right. but in the NFL or in the NBA, it's that top guy. So I don't. So I don't blame them for. I don't blame them for uh, strolling out the the Lakers like this because the Lakers and LeBron are the ones who are pushing all of this. And I don't know if you saw this, Marlo. This is Magic Johnson's quote. They mm-hmm. asked him if the, uh, if the Pelicans acted in bad faith, which I guess means they never intended to trade Anthony Davis, which in what... All right, let me read this quote. Yep. So, quote, We knew that basically at the end of the day, what happened happened, Johnson said before the Lakers game. And we knew that when we first started in terms of what happened. But, hey, it is what it is. So, What did Magic just say? Clear. It's clear as day. Oh, my God. What a, what a quote. Fantastic. It happened that happened. We knew it happened. And it is what it is. Fantastic. So if they knew they weren't going to trade Anthony Davis, how can you blame the Pelicans for leaking that you wanted to trade everybody at LeBron for Anthony Davis, if you knew they were going to say no, it doesn't make any sense. It's that's NBA man, petty wars. It's unbelievable, and everybody's like somehow people are mad at the Pelicans for not trading Anthony Davis. It seems, at least, it seems to me that's the the general take is that the this whole bad faith narrative um, is ridiculous. All right, that's enough Anthony Davis drama. I think, Marlon. Yeah, uh, something, still, something for that didn't happen. Yep. They can still make this trade in July. Yeah. So there's no reason to do it now. And, you know, it's not like... Boston's going to find a way to find, like, three more first-round picks to be able to trade for him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, New Orleans had literally one person trading for him right now, uh, one team to trade with right now. I know he listed other teams, but those teams weren't realistically uh, able to trade. But in July, Boston can make an offer. So then you have two teams 
bidding for Anthony Davis, and it's a much better uh, situation for uh, the Pelicans. Although I still think it's not going to be a fair enough trade, and that stinks for uh, the New Orleans fans out there. All right. Uh, Marlo, the Bucks made a trade. The Bucks made a trade. And uh, oh, yeah, they did. I'd say a relatively good trade. They got uh, Nikola Mirotic from Mirotic. Uh, from the Pelicans, right? He's from the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, from Pelicans, giving up. So somehow they so they traded <laughs> they're on makeover Stanley Johnson, and then like a day later said, "Oh no, 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 we're also throwing in like a couple second round picks." <laughs> And um, he's somehow roped in uh, the Pistons into this. And uh, Nico, Nikola Mirotic is coming to Milwaukee. He was there uh, on the bench last night as they got blown out by the, the Magic. But we don't need to talk about that. Um, and I think this adds a somebody who can play crunch time, spread the floor a little bit more while providing some size. Defense is suspect, but... It's more than suspect. Um, <laughs> but can play a, a very valuable role, uh, a depth role on this uh, Milwaukee team. And if we go back and look at the trades, I guess in total that the Bucks have made uh, in their last two rounds of trades, they traded an injured John Henson, Matthew Delavidova's contract, Thon, I demand a trade maker, and a net of three second round picks for George Hill and Miritich. So three guys who weren't playing. <laughs> and- <laughs> Three second round picks for two guys uh, who will play. Uh, George Hill being the backup point guard and uh, Miritich being, I guess, a backup power forward or a power forward in more of a small ball uh, type lineup. Uh, I think it's a heist for the Bucks. It makes them better this year and it makes them better suited uh, for next year as it removes some salary off of the books going forward. So a, a great move by the Bucks. And I think you're going to give me some neg- Miritich negativity. Um, I'm I just be careful. I want to say is be careful. It seems like I, I think it was crazy to give up. I guess they're only second rounders, but that many picks for yeah. him for Milchich, But he fits the he fits the Bucks mold right yeah. now, running and shooting. I just I just have bad memories of shooting when he shouldn't have been shooting. That's all. Mm-hmm. That's all. He can make it he, when he gets hot though. He gets hot, and that's fun. Um, so if he can get if he can get rolling off the bench, he'll work out well for the uh, for the Bucks there. I just have you know I just have bad memories. He just yeah. needs to grow his beard back, really too. He looks weird go. without his beard. Beards are great. Yeah. Um, I was I was trying to think back to his time in the Bulls, which mm-hmm. to be honest, I don't really remember. Um, but I felt like he had to play a much more prominent kind of top what three player on the Bulls. Yeah, I mean he came there. over. The thing is, we I, it was a lot of it. He came over with a lot of hype, um, yeah. Because you know, it was one of those he's the Michael Jordan of Europe type thing. Uh, and, and then when he, yeah. I think it was a couple of years before he finally came over and played. And you know, when you have that that kind of hype, it's hard to live okay. up to it. Yeah. So you had that, and he was with you know, we had Rose at the time. So all that, all that said and said, he does fit. He will fit well in with the Bucks, though, for real. Yeah. So. Yeah, so pretty excited about that, and I think those are, uh, in general, some pretty good trade for the Bucks to improve the team this year, but also leave them flexible going forward, and I think that that was key uh, to to be able to do both those things, and they were able to do that. Um, but the big trade, Marlo, the big trade of the trade huge, deadline was... Huge trade. What, so, you have a... What, have whatever former, the Bulls did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you have a former Bull going to the Bucks. We have a former Bucks that the Bulls are trading away. 
Jampari yep. Parker's long time in Chicago is now over. He came home. He came home and short lived. Now he's gone. Then he left. Uh, yep. So the Bulls packed in Jabari Parker and Bobby Portis for Otto Porter Jr. from the Wizards, mm-hmm. um, which is a fair trade. I mean, the Jabari Parker experiment obviously wasn't working out. Um, I didn't. It, also, we threw in a 20, 23 second round pick. The Bulls did, uh, but the Jabari Parker experiment wasn't working out. We we're obviously gonna. It was dead money. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we're obviously gonna get rid of him at the end of this year anyway. So might as well get something for nothing. Uh, so I'm okay with that. The Bobby Portis part, not sure why they had to do that, throw that mm-hmm. guy in. I thought, you know, Bobby Portis isn't, I wouldn't say he's an all-star by any means, but he was a good good young player that was, you know, making strides. So, again, the front office is doing strange things in what is supposed to be rebuilding, mm-hmm. <laughs> period, trading for Otto Porter Jr. But, you know, we'll see as this came along. I mean, Jabarian already came back to the United Center and, like, had his you know twenty point twelve rebound game, so now he just he, he twenty point he, first quarter yeah twenty point first then quarter then he was tired exactly, um so he did his part he already he already got traded and came back to yeah the play. that's funny came back to um <laughs> yeah it's a it's a weird trade for the Bulls you you mentioned they should be doing everything to tank and Otto yep. uh, Porter Jr is a better player than both these players combined so it yep. seems like it makes the Bulls better in the short term. Um, mm-hmm. And it gives him a longer-term contract, giving up um, Jabari's, while awful, was a shorter contract. Yeah. Um, it, I've kind of heard it defended as like, oh, the Bulls are going to suck anyway for the next three years, so they might as well have this this huge contract, <laughs> uh, which doesn't totally make sense. I don't know. It's a, it's a weird trade for the Bulls, uh, and because I don't totally understand it, I guess I don't. I, I won't. Great. I don't have like a grade for it. Uh, it's just kind of confusing. Yeah, totally confusing. It's yeah, you're absolutely right. As an outsider, I bet it's confusing as hell. As an insider, we're just like, you know what? That's just Garpax being Garpax, making <laughs> making moves that don't make any sense. Yeah, and I, I guess the best way to look at it, uh, the benefit I could could see, because I think Arpa Junior has three years left, four, three years left on his deal. Three years, yeah, three years. So in the third year, that'll be a nice trade piece. Because yeah. that's a huge expiring contract that you could presumably trade to somebody to get an asset. But that's a long way <laughs> to, <laughs> yeah. to yeah. look at this trade. Yeah. So making making the long play. That's a good way to that's a good way to phrase it if you're trying to keep your job. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, in three sure. years. We're gonna be right Guys. right in the in the thick of it. And then we'll and then we'll trade that for two year expiring deal and <laughs> uh, keep me there. All right. Uh, other trades, Marlo. Uh, how do we want, want to do this? Thoughts and prayers. Yeah, this is this is the, this is the thoughts and prayers. Um, so, yeah, thoughts and prayers to these trade. So these these fellow traders. You got your boy Markel Fultz, folks. Um, former number one pick overall, just uh, just two short seasons ago, not even. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he second has, year. Yeah, yeah, he has been traded. I. Uh, from the 76ers. Yeah. So, thousand pairs of Markel. Yeah. Uh, I guess maybe I'll talk about this a little bit more in, in my, one of my thoughts and prayers. Uh, yeah, traded to Orlando. Uh, got, actually, a surprising amount back. I think I, uh, first, a second, and Jonathan Swift back for him, which yeah. seems like a lot for somebody who seemed like he was never going to play for the 76ers um, or that, you know, they had become so 
I guess, uh, far apart in their understanding of the medical situation or the mental situation or whatever the heck is wrong with him mm-hmm. uh, to get that much back, even though he was a number one pick, uh, I guess, two drafts ago. Um, that's pretty crazy. I don't yeah, know. It, so se- it seemed like a lot to get back, and as it, it helps, I feel like it helps the 76ers, at least this year. I'm kind of disappointed in what they were able to get back uh, for that. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like anyone could have saw this coming with Markel. Like, and I hope he gets it right. I hope you know. I, I hope I hope him the best. I hope like he becomes an all star. But coming out, obviously, didn't see many of his games in college because he's out in Washington. Yeah, and Pac-12 basketball is garbage. But his team was awful, and yep. I was like, who is this kid that's all of a sudden flying up the draft boards? Uh, a team like a below five hundred Pac-12 team, mm-hmm. and it just seemed weird that this. This kid was gonna was the number one pick, and I just I don't know. I just I guess it just doesn't surprise me that much. It's like um, he was on a shitty Pac-12 team. How is he that good? So I don't know. That's just revisionist history, yeah. I guess. No, for sure. Um, all right. So that was the number one pick, a former number two pick overall, mm. Michael Beasley. I don't know if you remember him. Oh yeah, he was. Oh yeah, he was the pantsless guy in the Lakers, and he, <laughs> he actually got traded in the same building to the Clippers. But then waved right away. Ooh. So that it might be Michael's last stand. Our last memory of Michael Beasley might be him checking in with no pants on. <sighs> Great memory. It would be. Um, God, I still remember him on that Kansas State. He was so good. So good. God, that was so many years ago now. Um, yeah, I don't know what his, his lasting memory will be. Uh, he's been one of those potential never really came through guys. Uh, and I don't think he has. Uh, I don't think he'd kind of jump on onto a contender, right? Like, there's not a contender out there who's going to sign yeah. Michael Beasley yeah. uh, after these after these cuts. I know that uh, the Bucks have a roster spot open. I think the Sixers do too, and I think Boston does. But I don't see any contender kind of being like, "That's what we need. That's our missing piece." Uh, so it might be the end. I don't know. I don't know who talks themselves into Michael Beasley anymore. <laughs> he's so. he still he, yeah no he's like man he was a beast at Kansas State he might still have it yeah well, I think we're the only old people saying that well. <laughs> yes. Just, yes. Yeah, we are. I'm, I got uh, I got two thoughts and prayers here first is mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers to the grit and grind grizzlies uh, the latter I guess as I think of them this is the second of the third to leave uh, with Mark Gasol getting traded to uh, Toronto uh, and I guess the way I think about this, I don't know how much this improves Toronto. It depends on how healthy Gasol is and how um, well he can return to the guy he was earlier in the season who could stretch the floor and hit the threes because he did that very early in the season, hasn't been able to do that kind of in the second half of uh, the season that's happened so far. Uh, and they gave up their their young center uh, to Memphis Um and now they have him and Jared Jackson, who we mentioned earlier. Uh, also, the other Michigan State player we mentioned earlier was Miles Bridges, who we couldn't think of. Marlo, that's what I was trying to get at earlier when I talked about Michigan State players. Um, so I like I like this for Memphis, um, getting out of the Marcus All contract, uh, getting a young center to go wrong with their young forward, uh, and I just I don't know how much better better this makes. Toronto. Everyone seems to think that it makes them much better, um, and, and think that this is a, a good addition to their team. But I don't. I don't know. I'm a little worried about it. 
Uh, and then my last... Uh, do you have anything on that, Marlo? Sorry. No. No, go ahead. All right. All right. My last thought and prayers is to the process, Marlo. The process. Oh, the process. I think process. we are at the end of the process. Uh, we talked about earlier uh, Markel getting traded. Uh, he was one of the kind of parts to that. But the moves that the 76ers made this trade period, as well as kind of over the last summer, they are more or less all in on this team. This is it. Uh, they're moving future assets to get players now, getting Tobias Harris, uh, among others here in the trade deadline uh, and earlier in the season. Um, this is it. This is what the process got. And I don't know how good it is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it might win the East mm-hmm. a time or two. Maybe. And I think they have, what would you say their window is? In, until the rookie contracts are up for Embiid and Simmons. So what is that? A couple years? Yeah. I think they got like a two-year window. Yeah. And Jimmy Butler's a free agent at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, he's never happy wherever he is. <laughs> this is, if so, I don't know. I would like to ask a, a, a 76ers fan. Uh, I don't, do we know one? Do we know a 76ers fan? Um, Yeah. Scooter. Well, is he? All right. Well, yeah. we'll look into it. We'll we'll ask our 76ers fan mm. uh, if, I guess it will have to, it depends on what happens, right? But like yeah. all the crap that you went through, this is what you got for it. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't feel like enough. Yeah. Like, like they got, they the, have, they have two, maybe the five best future players in the NBA. Right. But maybe for two or three years. Yeah. They just never, never put it together. Do you know whatever it is injuries or whatever? Like last year, they were the team that's like, oh, maybe they had a schedule, and yeah. they could maybe do it this year. And then this was going to be the year, and then they got Jimmy. And as you talked about, yeah, I don't he, know how that he's uh, he's never happy. So yeah, that's why I think it's yeah, it's a two year window. If they could, if they could, you know, glue some things together, they play in the East, so you know, make it happen. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, Embiid is awesome. Yeah, Simmons is really good. He shot a three the other day, by the way. Oh, did he? Oh my yeah. God! <laughs> Why wasn't that all over the interwebs? Um, so I mean, watching Embiid against the Lakers today was mesmerizing. He is so good, um, but with the way this team is constructed, I don't know how far they can go. And if if the process was for this three year window, is that what you were going for? And maybe it's not. Maybe Embiid is good enough and he can stay healthy enough that it can prolong. But Embiid Simmons seems relatively short term, right? Like, I don't know when Simmons is a free agent. Is he resigning? I don't know. Another conversation. We don't need to get there, Marlo. Yeah, the process. I say rip to the process. This is what the process got. It'll be interesting to see what happens from here because now they are trading those future assets. They're turning the picks they had. They're turning them into players now. They're turning them into Bias Harris. It's uh, it's pretty interesting um, to watch from the outside, um, and a little worrying as a Bucks fan, as uh, kind of thinking, talking myself into this being a year we can, we can make the run because we're facing a lot of the decisions that um, the 76ers will have to face in two to three years as we talk about them. We're facing some of those decisions the Bucks are uh, this year after this year. So I was kind of hoping to strike, uh, what is it, strike gold while the iron's hot? Is that the saying? I think it's just strike while the iron's hot. We're hoping to strike, not gold. We're not even striking gold. We're just striking in general. <laughs> I don't I don't think striking iron and gold have anything to do with each other. 
Well, we're going to strike the gold while the iron is hot. <laughs> we're hoping to. Okay. Now, apparently, that's impossible. And that's not even a saying. Uh, all right. That's enough basketball talk tomorrow. All right. That's the NBA. Enough basketball talk. Enough mixing metaphors. My God. Yes. All right. Casey, football yeah. was back. It's back. Did you watch? Didn't even know it was gone before you knew it was gone. Before you even knew it was was gone, it was back. Super Bowl last week, old news. The Alliance this week, let's go. The Alliance. Uh, Okay, so first thing, Saturday football, fantastic. Saturday, Sunday, love it. Yep. All right, that's my first thought. Go from there. What are your thoughts, Milo? Oh, I, well, okay, so I watched a little bit of the pregame. They got me pumped up. They're... A, at, the, at the very least, they are awesome at putting together like montage videos to make you feel like this is going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, uh, we got all the coaches. We got Bill Pullian talking. T, you know, all these people that I've been connected with football. They know what they're doing, and you know it is great. Um, the you know kind of it was nice to have football on Saturday night. Uh, you, you know, some sort of football with people yeah. actually trying. Uh, like I think you hit that on there already. That was great. The actual, um, like the cinematography or the, I should say the, the, the stage of the game. Okay. Kind of mics everywhere. Oh yeah. Uh, there's a little bit of a different feel from it than, than your NFL, which I, you know, I guess it was to make it feel a little closer, uh, to the game, which was, I don't know, good to see. What did you think about that part? Uh, I, I, I love the mics everywhere. I guess first, uh, having the, uh, mic'd up replay official as he mm-hmm. was reviewing the play they yep. uh, it's more college style where there's yep. a guy in the booth yep. who does the replay oh. which is great it's smoother it's it's uh it's easier than the NFL version yeah. and he's up there and the one that I uh, I guess stands out to me was there was a pass on the sideline and in within a minute he goes here's what I'm seeing the replay he had one foot in caught the ball but the second foot didn't get out the ball's back on the 25-yard line or whatever it was, and yeah. it was like a minute, and you heard, saw and heard the replay official as he diagnosed the play. And it was so much clearer yeah. than anything you ever get from the NFL as you watch you know, Jim Nance and Tony Romo circle a million things and watch a replay a hundred times. Uh, that was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and before the game, they kind of put the graphic of like the rules that were different than the NFL, yeah. and yeah. one of them was that the sky judge. And I thought it was great because they, the way they phrase it, the sky judge used the correct erroneous and egregious errors. Oh yeah, that was great. That was like, yeah, that was definitely Saints fans stood up and like applauded. I mean, they were they were they were right there. They were ready to uh, go. Speaking of different rules, uh, yeah. how did you feel about no kickoffs? Uh, I, I don't know. I was kind of going back and forth. I think I I, I want to see because they're one of the rule without the kickoff instead of. The onside kick, you can do a fourth and the fifteen at your own at the twenty. I forget yeah, something, the, like something like that. Yeah. I kind of want to see that run before I like give the kickoff. I think you know since the last couple of years, whenever they moved up the kickoff in the NFL, and there hasn't been as many yeah. like try runs back. I guess I'm just desensitized to that because there really isn't you know any kickoffs right. yep. as much. So I didn't. I guess I didn't miss it. And for a minute there, you know, and they don't have extra points either. There was a little. Mm-hmm. There was a little bit of me. I just was like, oh, there's no kickers on the roster. But then I showed. I saw them attempt a field goal. Oh, lots of field goals. Yeah, yeah lots of field goals. We can get to that in a minute. But yeah, I think the the kickoff. I wasn't affected by it all that much. Yeah, I think. Uh, I it almost felt like a, a baseball kind of pace of play type moves. Like yeah. we'll get rid of kickoffs. We'll get rid of the extra points. Like uh, 
uh, it's like NFL Blitz or something. I, I thought those were great. Yeah. Um, Mike's, uh, we were talking about Mike's everywhere before we got a little bit derailed. Uh, Mike's and the coaches were fantastic. Just mm-hmm. salty Mike Martz was oh, just, geez. oh my God. Oh, man. Salty, Unhappy with it. Nothing's better uh, than a salty Mike Martz. Oh, it was fantastic. And then Kurt Warner's there just being like, I remember this. <laughs> <laughs> He's sitting there. It was so funny. I remember one time he was like, uh, I'm going to bench him. I'm going to switch. I'm going to switch quarterbacks. I'm thinking of switching quarterbacks. And like that's fun because you don't know who the heck the quarterback is. You know who the heck the backup is. Yeah. But like, if he's the Giants coach and Eli Manning throws another pick, mm-hmm. and you know whoever the heck the Giants coach is these days is like, I'm gonna bench him. I swear to God, that would be like front page tabloid. Oh, <laughs> like, I don't know how that would work in the NFL, but it was so fun to see Mike March just bitching on the sideline because <laughs> his offense is awful. It was so fun. Any other uh so I thought I thought Mike the miking of the coaches and it seemed like he had a little bit more player reaction through that uh was was really fun, made you feel closer to the game. It I don't know how that would work in an NFL. Yeah. Um Yeah. Which is, I think uh, that was kind of the question I was asking because you know some of the a lot of not a lot, but there's a lot of good things that the NFL took from the XFL. Yeah, and I wonder. Yeah, what are some of the things they may adapt from from this league? Yeah. So, um, speaking of the NFL adapting things, yeah. I feel a little foolish, Milo. Oh gosh, I'm feeling a little foolish. I. It seems like this league is happening, happening in complete agreement and understanding and cooperation <laughs> with the NFL. Yep, it's on the NFL Network right now as we record. And I thought this was going to be like a rival league. Like this was a, we're coming in, we're taking your market share thing. And this seems like an NFL Europe in America. Yeah. And I feel pretty foolish (laughs) because that's not how I thought this was going to go. You feel duped. You feel duped? Yeah. I thought it was like a legit, legit, like we're starting our own league. We're going to do this better than you NFL. Yeah. But it's a, we're starting our own league. We're going to try out other players that you might've missed and try rules that you want to adopt later league. Mm-hmm. That's kind of dumb. <laughs> it's not dumb. It's, it's smart for the NFL. Yeah. It's dumb for this league. Yeah. And I feel foolish because I would be willing to be invested in a league that legitimately wanted to compete with the NFL and legitimately wanted to try new things. Mm-hmm. But if they're doing it to benefit the NFL, yeah. How are you I don't inv- how are you I don't want to get invested in that. Yeah. Right. If Why do you want to get invested to a team for someone that's going to leave to go play in the NFL? If which I think will happen in the short term. Right. But if the way this seems to be going, that will always happen. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I, they're, there won't be a player decides to go to the NFL instead of the AFL. Oh shit! Like <laughs> the AFL n- might not be uh, a standalone entity. We should probably merge with the NFL or the NFC, whatever, and become whatever the NFL is now. Right? Like, yeah, that was a big deal when one player decided to go to the AFL or a player decided to go to the ABA instead of the NBA. Right. Yeah. And then, obviously, in both cases, it was merged. I oh. thought that's what this was going towards, but I, uh, I apparently have been taken for a fool. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm sorry you feel duped by the whole AAF um, and the their AF? affiliates. <laughs> the AAF and their affiliates. Um, but, no, I, I get what you're saying. Uh, I, I Yeah, early on, I thought it was a, a competition, but I thought they were smart. 
you know, obviously doing it in the winter right after right. The, the Super Bowl um, just from our market show. But I don't know. I think we'll see how the league does and if it grows. But, um, yeah, I do, I do feel bad that you feel duped in that way. Oh, well, I hope I hope other people feel duped, too, because – or I'm just an idiot. I don't know. One of those two things will be true. Um, all right. Let's talk about the uh, quality of play, Marlo. That, yeah. that was a topic – uh, in the game that I watched, mm-hmm. um, and I guess I'll ask it to you this way, Marlo. Yeah. Um, everybody seemed surprised in a good way mm-hmm. at the quality of play. So yeah. there's two things that that why I think they would say that because I don't think the quality of play was really that good. Right. So it was right. I, either one they were lying to us <laughs> to try and convince us. Yep. Or two, they thought it was going to be even worse. And they were surprised. Both things are bad. <laughs> yeah. Because the quality of play was, I would say, below college football. Ooh, that's... Would you say below college football? Be- below, below, like, top 15 ranked college football. Gotcha. So below ranked college football. Yeah. I think the be- the worst thing that happened was the game they had on CBS. Yeah. Which had the most viewers. Was a fifteen to six game, yeah. And the other game that was going on the same time was a forty to six game, which I don't know. I mean, it's a little lopsided, but at least there's some sort of offense going on, right? Right. Um, <laughs> and, and there were, and even in the fifteen to six, there were plays, yeah, that were relatively good and impressive, right? Just yeah, not no, I, drives. I, I, yeah, I think. Well, going back, I, th- I think this perception that it was going to be really bad because everybody has in their head the last time a league tried to start the was the XFL mm-hmm. and how bad a play that was. So I think that was kind of in most people's minds like this is just going to be bad football and I'm going to watch the train wreck. Um, so when it was like halfway competent football, they're like, wow, this isn't that bad. <laughs> this isn't that bad. And to your point, to your question, below top, 15 college football I can I can see that I mean it wasn't great it wasn't uh, it wasn't like oh man this is you know this is this is that good stuff but I think it was it was well enough to be uh entertaining at times and that's all yeah. you really need yeah and they said again I'm not I'm not that I mean I'm, I'm a football fan right but I yeah. I don't I don't know the game that in depth and they were talking about how because at least in the game we were watching, offensive line was awful, and they said that that's what takes you need the practice for. For that's a group that needs to be on the same page, and they've only been practicing for what a month or something like that. Yeah, and they had a practice game, and then this game, um, which is obviously far less than what the NFL has leading up to a season, and even the NFL gets off to a slow start in some seasons. It seems. Yeah. Um. So. I guess maybe that's an excuse for them, and that's not something I can sit on my couch and totally comprehend. Um, but uh, Kurt Warner, who was on the broadcast, he was pleasantly surprised with the quality of the play. So I don't know. We'll see. Maybe it'll get better. Um, it's still football, so I'll probably follow We're along. Still gonna watch. I'm finding it hard to follow along. Um, I mean, the first game was on CBS. The games today were on networks I don't get. That's tough. Um <laughs> And even my sports uh, score checking apps don't have the scores on them, so I can't. Ooh. 
go and look and see even you know what the follow along on that. So it's 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 a little bit tough. I have to go a little bit out of my way. Hopefully that will improve uh, here shortly. Uh, but you, that you look, know what I did. The, you know what did pop out to me was I was like I'm so in on this is when that's oh god I forget the quarterback's name got sacked and his like helmet goes flying off. Oh yeah. And the ball goes everywhere, and there were no flags. And I was like, I'm so in on this. So, in. yeah. That was great. Yeah, that would have definitely been a penalty in the NFL. <laughs> but, like, it wasn't – it was a big hit, but it wasn't, like, a dirty hit. Yeah. Like, yep. he tackled him like you should tackle somebody. He just – his helmet flew off. It was great. Um, probably not great for him. Uh, but he's probably <laughs> fine. He's probably fine. Yep. All right. AF. All right. That's the AAF. Uh, I feel so duped. God, I can't get over it. Oh man! So you're not sticking with your team? You're st- no, I, I get a. I don't know. <laughs> who's the minor league for the Packers? That's <laughs> who's the minor league team for the Packers? Yeah, it was the Packers feeder team. Um, all right. Well, that's the AAF news out of. I don't know if you saw this, Casey. Out of the yeah. XFL, which yeah. I I learned. Is also coming back. Yeah, 2020. So they're coming back next season. Uh, and I don't even know when their season starts. But they're coming back next year. But they did announce Bob Stoops as the head coach and GM of the Dallas team. Yeah. The XFL was able to get Bob Stoops out of retire- out of his retirement to coach in the XFL. Don't know what he's getting paid, but I would assume it'd be a fair amount of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, considering... Uh, you know, he made a fair amount of money coaching in college. Um, yeah, so with this move in my book, XFL is back and legit. I, all right, before I want to talk about Bustus for a second, but this reminds me. Oh, as I was watching the San Antonio game. Yep. Uh, shoot, whoever the heck owns or runs San Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Bill Polian. Bill Polian wanted Mike Riley, former Nebraska coach, to be a coach in the AAF. Mm. And he called him and asked, and Mike Riley said, if you have a team in Texas, <laughs> I'll coach him. <laughs> and then they put one in San Antonio, and they called mm. Mike Riley. And he's like, I guess. I'm in, I'm in Texas. That's <laughs> what I said. I feel like that with Bob Stoop. <laughs> if you have a team in Texas, we're putting one in Dallas. Sure. Whatever. Sure. Uh, I'll be there. Do it. Uh, That's unbelievable. great. Uh, that said, has to be the most respected name that they could have ever gotten, right? Yeah, I I couldn't just, I can't say ever gotten, but like this is a legit respected football personality. Yeah, right. I yep. I can't I, I don't I the first iteration I don't think had anybody like this. Nope. Maybe you had former players involved in it, but like I feel like that's a little different than like somebody who was like a national championship winning coach. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think it, it's also on Bob Stoops' side. I can definitely see like his back door to getting into uh, the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job. He's well, like, "Well, I'm here, uh, yeah, Jerry. Do you want me to just come over and, and coach for you?" Yeah. So interesting. Yeah. So a lot of a lot going on in the football outside of the NFL. But if but if you're gonna be Dallas Cowboys coach mm-hmm. starting in 2020 is not a good time to start in the XFL because that's when the Dallas Cowboys head coaching job is going to be open. Truth, true. Uh, or maybe he's just like, "Hey Jerry, hey, I'm yes. willing to work over here. <laughs> I just... am in the market." I don't know. I 
pretty much all I know about the XFL is that it's starting Bob Stoops is going to be uh, involved somehow. Yeah, so I need to know. All right, that's uh, to my retirement. Wow. Yeah, that's all. The, that's all the football talk, American football. Yeah. Now we get to the other corner football, and Americans' favorite segment and Casey's corner kick. All right, Marlo. Uh, it was a mixed bag for Liverpool this week, as I'm sure you followed along intently. Yes. Uh, they drew against West Ham early, earlier in the week, uh, one to one, giving up a set piece goal, a pretty nice set piece goal late in the first half and being unable to score uh, on their own accord in the second half, which is a relatively disappointing result. West Ham is a team that Liverpool should be winning against. Uh, People are starting to say that the lack of depth on the team is starting to hurt them. They face some injuries, especially along the back line. Uh, With Gomez being out for, it sounds like another month, and uh, Alexander-Arnold missing a couple games. questions of depth are coming into play. Uh, They did bounce back, however, over the weekend. Uh, Marlo, I'm disappointed that you said there was nothing to watch on on Sunday. Uh, I guess Liverpool played on Saturday, but you could have woke up early and watched that on Sunday. Um, You could have got up to watch uh, Man City pummel Chelsea. Uh, I woke up and I was excited for this game uh, as a Liverpool fan rooting for City to lose, and I thought, hey, Chelsea's a top four team. Maybe they'll have a shot against Man City, get upset here. Uh, and then I kind of got busy in my morning. And then by the time I checked the score, it was 30 minutes into the game and Chelsea was already losing four to zero. Mm. So mm, didn't, need, yeah, didn't need to check into that one. <laughs> uh, so right now, as it stands, um, Liverpool and City are tied atop the league, uh, but City has a better goal differential uh, so they are technically winning. They both have 65 points. and uh, But Liverpool has the game in hand. So I guess I'll take that and be optimistic about it. Uh, Liverpool's next match, Marlo, as I'm sure you're wondering, they play um, Bayern Munich on the 19th um, in the round of 16 of the Champions League, which means, leads me to the Champions League, Marlo. Um, if you are... You're already right in round of 16? Damn. Oh, yeah, round of 16, Jeez. first knockout stage. Uh, here. Um, if you are, I I don't want to say new to soccer, but uh, this is the Champions League is where you'll see the best soccer played. I know everybody gets really excited about the World Cup, um, and that is very exciting. And obviously, with nationalities involved, there is a lot more fervor about it. But as far as the level of competition, the uh. I guess the quality of the soccer that's played, the Champions League is where it is, and starting in the round of 16 is really where it kind of steps up uh, another level. On this Tuesday, so um, the 12th, uh, the main game will be Manchester United, a rejuvenated Manchester United after they finally got rid of Mourinho, which again, crushing to my content, but uh, they got rid of Mourinho. Uh, I facing PSG, who is the uh, premier French team, although I think they'll play, be playing without Neymar. Um, that is kind of the prime matchup of the round of 16. Uh, also playing that day is Roma and Porto. Less important. Not going to talk about that. And then Wednesday, we have Tottenham against Borussia Dortmund. Uh, Tottenham, one of the top English teams. Uh, they're in third place right now against Borussia Dortmund, who is the top German team right now. Um so you have that going on this week, Tuesday and Wednesday at, I think, 2 o'clock Central Time. So tune in to those. I think those are on TNT um, or on the Bleacher Report stupid streaming thing. So hopefully they're on TNT so we can watch <laughs> them together. 
because uh, I'm not getting the Bleacher Report streaming thing. Uh, as I mentioned, Liverpool in the round of 16 playing next week uh, is against Bayern Munich, which is a, I think I talked about the matchup earlier, is a, at the both, at the same time, a good matchup and a bad matchup because it's a team I think Liverpool can beat, but they are also one of the best teams remaining. Uh, but the matchup is good. So if that makes sense, um, that's what that's what's ahead. And uh, I encourage you, as I mentioned, if you're at least at least if I can kind of, I guess, get a couple of the watches, I feel good about myself. Um, if you're at all cur- curious about soccer, watch these games. They're really good. It's a really awesome stage. Um, and, and the broadcast is great. So so tune into those Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, and hopefully next week um, we'll have some some good matches as well. So that's what I got for the corner kick, Marlo. Uh, anything else uh, soccer-related from you that I missed? It's always terrible when you have a, a soccer take that I missed. Oh, uh, no, not this week. Now you're going to start looking for it that I said that. You're going <laughs> to scour the web for good soccer takes to, to show me up. Maybe next time. <laughs> All right, anything else on the pod, Marlo? No, man, I think that is going to do it for myself. Um, as always, hey, man, congrats on number 50. Yeah. We did it. We did it. We did it. As always, thank you, listeners. Um, follow us along at the 132 Breeze on Twitter. Myself at MarloJR. And Casey at Prof Badger Fan. That's right. That's right. All right, another week, Marlo, where we had didn't came in with not much to talk about, and we're over an hour again. So we are we're good at this. We are good at this. <laughs> nothing else. We at least uh, like hear the sound of our own voices, and your voice held up pretty well. Yeah, that's to say. Proud. That's to say. You sound the gallons uh, of tea have as good or bad as we started, but it didn't it didn't waver from its uh, starting point. I don't think so. Good on you. Um, all right. Yeah. All right, until next week, Marlo, and our fellow fans, I hope that all your favorite teams win all the sports.